Hello and welcome to the Awaken Your Business podcast. My name is Tyson Sharp and after coaching hundreds of online entrepreneurs, it became very clear that the vast majority were looking to grow a successful business unconsciously as a solution to feel enough, to feel worthy, to even feel safe and secure. And so it's in this podcast where we face those internal challenges head on and we do it through self-connection, we do it through elevated consciousness and heartfelt courage so that you can learn how to build a successful and aligned business simply as a byproduct of your personal awakening. So when you're ready, take a deep breath and I'll see you on the inside. Drum roll, please, from everyone. We have Dan McPherson. A lot of you know Dan. A lot of you have been introduced to his work, especially in the last few weeks while he's been in the group, while I've been on his podcast, everything. A lot of you know how incredible he is, and that's why this episode is the one to listen to. This is the episode that's going to answer the questions for you on how do I know what I'm meant to do? How do I know what I'm meant to do? And how do I build a business around that? Because what we dive in deep on here is what's your North Star? This is what Dan Dan calls your North Star. Most people have the goals of, you know, that's their out goals of, of a universe, right? That's out there and that could either be narrow, narrowed down to a constellation, maybe narrowed down to a few stars, what Dan says, you need to uncover your North Star, the one star that you are here to do. This is your mission. This is your purpose. And what we dive in deep on here, uh, not only your purpose, not only your why, but he gives two key simple questions that you can ask yourself to make sure that that is serving you, to make sure that every decision you make is in alignment with that. And they're super simple. We go through some tactics, some tools that you can apply and some philosophies that you can adopt that are going to allow not only your business to move forward, but in a way that is aligned, in a way that you know this is what you're here to do. And I know so many of you are interested in those topics. That's why I'm bringing this episode. But who is Dan? For those of you who don't know, he's an international speaker. He talks a little bit about his speaking uh, engagements all over the world. He's a business and personal development coach. Clearly, he has so much business knowledge and so much depth in terms of personal growth and personal development. Um, But he's also founder and CEO of Leaders Must Lead. He is definitely leading the way in following your heart, making a difference, and uh, and sharing his passion about generational change. And you'll hear his story in a minute. And it's not only inspirational, but it is, a, it is clear why this is his passion. He's also the host of his, his very own podcast, uh, in which few of you may have, uh, may have listened to the episode with me. It's a Dreams Are Real podcast, where he has just the uncanny ability to just draw out stories and share people's light on his platform because he believes deep down that everyone, absolutely everyone matters. And no matter where you are, no matter where you come from, no matter what age, gender, no matter anything in terms of the physical characteristics, you matter. And that is his message. And that's what he loves to spread through his podcast. That's what he loves to embody in his own life. And that's the difference he love, loves to make in the, in the world. And, uh, and if you can catch on to his spark, his enthusiasm, 
the way in which he presents himself, if you can catch on to that, you'll see he has his North Star very, very clear and he is moving towards it at a very, very rapid rate by creating the impact he is here to create. So if you want any of that for yourself, if these questions, if this topic resonates with you, definitely get out a pen and paper and be ready to uh, be ready to write down some key notes for yourself that you can implement in your life. Here's Dan. Okay, guys, welcome back once again. I'm 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 loving bringing these interviews. I know I say it every time, but a lot of you already know Dan because he's been in the uh, on a few calls. He's uh, I, I've shared his podcast, which I was a guest on, and. Uh, a lot of you in the community was engaging with that and uh, it's been cool for you to be, be able to bridge the gap between my content, his content. He's an awesome, awesome dude. And so I've been looking forward to this ever since I, I met him a few weeks ago and I've got to know him on a, on, a few, uh, on a few conversations. It's very, very clear how much he comes from a place of service, how much he comes from a place of, of love, just wanting to give, wanting to make a difference in the world and just to spread that, that energy he has inside and it's been so cool not only to exchange our content um, but to also see where this leads and uh, and learn from him as well so without further ado Dan welcome it's awesome awesome to have you here I'd love to give you the floor for a minute and just explain a bit about your story why it is you're doing what you're doing and uh, and what brought you here well, it's incredible to be here, Tyson. I'm glad that we got to meet a few weeks ago. I've been able to learn a lot and connect with you and the community that you're creating, and it's, it's been a lot of fun. So I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing tonight, and hello to everyone. <laughs> I, when, I think of, when I think of my story and what I'm all about, it, I, I, get, I still get emotional every time, even just thinking about where everything that I'm doing now and all the people that I'm working with now come from. It, for me, it all started when I was young and it took me a long time to realize that, but it started really, I had memories back, clear back to six months, but the bulk of it started when I was two years old and I was hidden from my father from the ages of two to eight. So for six years, I was hidden from him. And after that, my, my mom had taken me and she had really ended up with us in a different abusive situation. We came back out of that and came back to town. I was reunited with my dad, although we lived separately. And my mom and I, we grew up in a lot of poverty at that time. I remember crazy things. I remember that we had half a hot dog in the house and she would offer it to me and I would eat and I would, I would go, I went to her and I said, Hey, can I have some more? And she's like, no, you have enough. And, I, and of course being the kid who didn't understand, I'm like, Oh, cool. And I went off and played and I'm sure it was now I look back, it had to be just soul crushing for her. I learned later that she at that time was literally selling herself so that we had a place to stay. And then when she got remarried, we moved again and we were still in town, but we moved and I was exposed to a lot of things in my new family, violence, drugs, murder, prostitution, all sorts of things there. And I, I got to a spot where even though most people around me didn't know it, that I would, I just felt hopeless and unprepared and overlooked and just unequipped for life. And at the age of 16, I survived my first suicide attempt. And I'm thankful that I did. I'm incredibly grateful that there's always light through the darkness. It was the first moment that I began to feel a little bit of hope. And I felt it because I started to connect that your environment, the 
people that you know, the places that you're in and around, that those things, of course, have influence, but that it's our choices that truly create change. And I decided at that moment I was getting out of there. And I left. I was one of these kids. I went off to college and I, I didn't really, I wasn't really planning on going back. I visited a couple times. That was cool. Uh, and I went on and over the next 25 years, I worked through a, a sales career where I started out rough and figured it out and then helped hundreds of people make six figure selling. And then I wanted to do more. So I moved into more traditional leadership, district manager, regional manager roles, finally ending up managing hundreds of millions of dollars of business, thousands of people, but never feeling fulfilled in my life. I spent the last 10 years of that gaining a deep knowledge of where I was because I'd always felt since I was a kid that I was meant to do something that mattered in the world, that I was meant to help a lot of people. And I never really knew what it was. So as I kept going up levels and levels in my career, I was like, maybe this will be the right amount of people. Maybe this will be the right amount of people, but I never found my way. And I felt out of place. Finally, after leading the, the last group in the organization that I did, my bosses flew in and they offered me my third promotion in five years. And I sat back and I looked at them and I said, what would it look like if I declined? And I resigned and I walked out the door to go to zero. And it was hard, but it wasn't. It was hard in the sense that it was scary, that I was jumping off a cliff. I'd, I'd made hundreds of thousands a year and to go to zero with no other income in the house was hard, but, they, but it wasn't in the sense that I knew that I either had to do it or admit that I wasn't going to do it. And I have 0% not going to do it in me. So in that sense, it was easy. I'll, I've faced many hard decisions in my life, but I've never backed away from doing what was right. So I stepped forward and did it. And I formed our company, Leaders Must Lead. And I started out not really knowing who my audience was, not really knowing what I would do other than that I could coach. And I had a lot of skills that I'd learned and I could help people. And I gained some amazing clients and I started working with them and that was transformative. I learned that I was a refiner, not a creator. The process of creating a company was pretty challenging for me. It took me a long time. I finally, at the end of that year, learned who my audience was, that it was the people who felt like I did. It was the people who felt overlooked and underprepared and underserved in life. And the, those groups were primarily people like women entrepreneurs, creatives, and people in the LGBTQ community, people who are historically told, hey, look, your dreams aren't real. Go do something that's real. Go do something that matters. When in reality, the dreams of their heart matter and they can do incredible things in the world. I started serving them. And then a, and then a couple of years later, a year and a half later, I was introduced to some incredible people. And we formed a group called Freedom Summit Global. I traveled around the world throughout Southeast Asia and spoke. And I'd, I'd been speaking more and more. And when we did, I, uh, three really cool things happened that bring us much closer to today and toward the end of this story. The first of those is that I became very clear on the power of relationships and just how much I'd always known that I'd always maintained relationships throughout all my life, but I connected with so many incredible people all over the world that I just invested a lot in that. The second is I became blazingly clear on my mission in the world and what I was meant to do. I believe that success is fulfilling the mission you're meant for every day. And I became super clear on what that was. My North Star, my mission 
is to significantly and positively impact the lives of a million creatives and entrepreneurs, equipping them with the foundations of success that they need to achieve their dreams so that they will then be in a position to inspire true generational change over the next 10 and 20 years that will reduce the largest problems of society, such as human trafficking and poverty and hunger. And as I did that, that clarity helped me to move forward. The third thing that I gained on that trip was the true understanding that dreams are real. I was sharing a topic and I knew this was true, but it, it meant something more to me. My topic was dreams are real, overcoming our own objections to create the life we want. And I would go into a talk and I would share that. And one of the things that I would share is I would, I would hold up a little stuffed animal called a feisty pet. And the, the, the feisty pet, it looks really adorable. And it looks, it looks super cute. And I would say, this is the voice in your head. And the voice in your head tells you that everything's okay, but you know, these other people could be a little bit better than you. And, and it makes sense, right? You hear it, you think that's probably true. The reality is, and then I squeeze the feisty pet and the head looks scary as can possibly be. And the reality is that that voice is a liar. That voice is a jerk to say the least. And if you name that voice in your head, something other than yourself. Now, my, in my case, I name it Harold. So I can say, shut up, Harold. And I'm now not yelling at me. It completely changes the psychology and the outcome. Well, on the day two of the event, I had dozens of people come in and say, hey, that transformed my life. And many of them had went and bought stuffed animals and things like that. And I realized that we all need to unlock the power of our dreams. So when I came back, I knew that even though I'd been asked to for years and hadn't started a podcast that I needed to, I had two requirements. One was that it had to be able to mean something. It had to, it had to be able to be signal instead of noise. And the other is that it had to serve and meet a need that wasn't being met in that world. And I knew that if we showed that no matter where you are, we've had people from 17 countries, no matter who you are, we've had people of all different types and all different ethnicities, all different everything, orientations and all that you want, no matter what your background, we've had deep and hard backgrounds and really high level ones, that your dreams are real and they matter and you should pursue them and you can absolutely achieve them. And so that is how we met a lot of incredible people. And the end of the story is the one other thing that I really focus on in the world, which is that by doing the podcast, in addition to meeting incredible people like you, Tyson, I also had 30 of our first guests share their brushes with suicide and share their real struggles with mental health. And I've struggled with anxiety and depression for my life. I've attempted suicide twice. I've lost over 100 people that I know to suicide. And that really sparked a need to form a foundation called Light from Darkness that helps prevent suicide in the world. And all of those things give you a picture of all of what I do now, but my ultimate purpose is really to inspire, to equip people to inspire that generational change that we truly need. And if you love those sort of, those stories, uh, Dan's podcast is Dreams Are Real, the Dreams Are Real podcast. And, uh, and there's just some such incredible guests on there that he just loves sharing their light, spreading their story. And uh, it's always, always worth checking out. It's always a good investment of your time. One thing you said, Dan, I wanted to touch on is you said you get emotional when you think about, still think about your story. What is it about your story? What, what, what is it specifically that gets you emotional even now? Because it's real. 
because I'm in it, because I'm still living it. Because when I share it, I go back to those moments. And I hope, I sincerely hope, and I also believe that that that'll never change. I, I see so many people that that share stories that they that they aren't connected with, maybe that they haven't they haven't really fully processed or, or gotten to. And for me, it took a lot of work to get to that spot where I could truly connect with it and that I can. And when I talk about my mom, it's just, it's huge. When I talk about everything that she did for me and that I'm able to stand here, I mean, she passed when I was 25 and that was super hard, but here 21 years after her passing, I still stand on her shoulders thanks to the work, thanks to the things she did and the sacrifices she made. And even the struggles that I went through, I'm grateful for those. I'm not bitter about that. I'm not resentful of that. I'm grateful for it, but I feel the moment of it. And it's probably enhanced by the fact that I have clear memories back to six months old as well. So it's, it's a little easier for me to go back than for some. Mm. One thing that resonates with me and resonates with a lot of people, you can hear it in, in your voice, the passion that's coming through. You are clear about your North star, which is what we're going to talk about and clear about your mission, your purpose. So we're going to have a discussion here about how our listeners can uncover that for themselves. But one thing I want to touch on in terms of your story. Uh, and one thing I want to thank you for is taking that leap and building that parachute on the way down when you left that, that left the corporate world, right. To, to follow your heart, follow your mission, follow your dream. One thing I want to thank you for that because so many people are stuck in that realm. They're stuck in that realm of, I know this is what I'm meant to do, but I can't do it because of X, Y, and Z. I can't do it because it's not the right timing. I don't, uh, I don't have the money. I don't have the resources. I don't have the connections yet. And these doubts are flowing through them, even though they know that's what their heart is leading them towards. Uh, I want to tap into that. What was it specifically that made you leave that and going from a six figure salary to literally zero? And I remember you saying with not a lot of savings. And so right. what was it about that decision that made you take that leap to start building that parachute on the way down? There are a few things. One is that lack of fulfillment that I felt before that, that unease, that unsettled peace, knowing that I wasn't in the right spot. Another was that I, everywhere that I went, I never quite fit. I did incredibly well. I made relationships. I made friends that I'm still close with to this day, a couple of whom are engaged with my team right now. But I knew that having to abide by others' decisions of what was morally and ethically right, that didn't fit. So that that was a miss. And the this course of events that led to me starting the company is interesting because it comes from somewhere that you wouldn't expect. One night we were at karate, my son and I, we've taken we've taken a lot, of, we've taken Taekwondo for a number of years. We do Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and we were at our karate school and this is this, what I'm about to say is proof of something that I, I think is really important for everyone that's listening to connect with. You never know what small moment will change someone's life. You truly never know that. And I, I'm going to give you an example that if you weren't thinking about it would blow you away. The, and this is one of the eight inflection points of my life. I was at the karate school. We were getting ready to leave one night. And the karate teacher who, to this day, I have a huge amount of respect for and still spend time with, Master Terry, he came up and we were just having a normal conversation. And he said, hey, I'm listening to this new podcast and I think you should listen to it. I think you'd like it. That's it. 
Just out of love, just making a suggestion. Nothing else. That moment is when my company started. And I'll tell you the rest of the story, but it's important to note that it's that simple, single thing that is actually, the, is actually when my company really started, if you take it back. Now, you could go back further or whatever, but it's that inciting incident. So I left there and I went and listened to the podcast. It happened to be the Tim Ferriss podcast. I ended up listening to two or 3,000 hours. I, I added him to what I call my five. I, I do passionately believe you become the average of the five people you spend the most time around. I don't think they have to be people you know personally. You can, they don't even have to be individuals. And I do believe you should review that every quarter and update it. So for most of a year, Tim's podcast and Tim were part of my five. And I started listening and I discovered something. I discovered that the reason, one of the reasons I'd felt so empty at work when I went to teach people is that I had, for, I had lost track of the need to feed in. I'd lost, I, I was giving and giving and giving. And I got to a spot where I was despondent because I reached and there was just nothing there. The chamber was empty. And I hadn't noticed that I'd lost track of it. I'd lost my discipline. It'd gone away. I'd been very successful. All this other stuff had happened. And it started feeding it. And when it started feeding in, it changed me. It energized me again. And then it started getting me, wait a minute, now, now I need to do something. I've got to, wait, I've got, I've got to do something that matters. I've got to do what I'm meant to do. And it got me to start thinking. Now, I was ready to just jump off that cliff like six months early and it's good that I didn't. I had a couple of my, couple of my coaches say, whoa, good mission. Maybe take a breath and <laughs> figure out what it is that you're going to do. And I did, I made some, I made some plans. I learned some of the things I needed to. And I set, I set a few things up and I didn't, but I, I, I think it's important what you said too. I didn't get all the dots in a row. I didn't get everything lined up. I didn't have a bunch of savings. I, it was, it was a scary move. I think if you try to get everything lined up, it's like saying, I'm not going to have a baby until I can afford it, which is you would never have babies, man. Cause I can tell you from having had one and, and well, my wife did, but we have a, having a 16 or 16, almost 17 year old son that you're never going to afford it if you just wait. And it's a little bit like that. If you just wait until the perfect time, you're never going to find it. You've got to be willing to, you got to be willing to step out and take the leap. And after having fed in and then walked through and then made a plan, I came to the precipice. Some things changed in the company and I literally could have accepted a job for 300 grand a year doing that as a happy promotion and been on the VP track to, to literally being one of the top few people in a billion dollar company. And I just looked at it and said, that is not what I'm meant to do. And I think in our life, we're faced with a number of these choices. And most of the time, it's the easy choice or the right choice. And in my life, I've, I, every time I faced one of those, it's one of the things that I am pleased with myself about. I have plenty that I'm not. But one of the things that I'm pleased with myself about is that when, I was faced, when I'm faced with those choices, I'll look at it and I hold it up, up against my principle of doing the right thing the right way all the time and of doing the thing that leans towards serving people and, and simply of making the hard choice if I know that it, even if it's inconvenient. And that, I think that last part is the most important thing is that you have to do what's right even if it's inconvenient and that will always lead you to reward. And it seems like what was right for you, it seems like you were always serving but the way, in mm -hmm. which you, the way in which you shifted how you serve started to fill you up as well. So the way in which you were serving was probably in your expansion at one point, but now we're starting to drift away uh, from your calling, away from your 
your your path and so you were still giving but like you said you didn't have that fuel that fuel tank within you that had that capacity and so it seemed like you shifted the way in which you were giving to the world but in a way that was more fulfilling and more on your on your path on and part of your dharma and 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 something that was more of towards your north star is that is that the way you describe it I would say if you think about it like the little kids puzzles, you know, the one I'm talking about the ones that are made out of cord cardboard that have like 10 or 12 pieces yeah, of tough. different shapes. Right. And I would say that I spent my life as the piece trying to figure out which hole I fit in. And I kept finding things that were a little closer to that hole and a little closer to that hole, but weren't quite it. And every time I was at a place for a certain or in a position for a certain amount of time, I got to a spot where I knew that it wasn't it and that it was uncomfortable. And when it got uncomfortable, I would, I've never been the person that would just stay somewhere because it was easy. But I also wanted to know, like, what, what was it? Where should I be? And when it finally became clear, it was like a light went on and I said, all right. As I said earlier, I, I either have to admit, I mean, I was in my mid-40s. I said, I have to either admit that I'm going to do it or I have, to, I have to either do it rather or admit that I'm not going to. And I have a deep belief that I'm not going to admit that I'm not going to do it. Like there's just, there's just nothing in me that will step up. I can say, I'll do it later. Now I try not to even do that. I try to say, I'm, I will just do it. But at that point, I might, might have been able to say, and I had for years, oh, I'll do it. I'll figure out what it is. I'll get there later. And I came to that wall where I said, there's no later. I either got to do it or I have to stand up and hold up my flag and say, I will not be doing it. And I, I couldn't, I needed, and the reason was I knew there was, there were people that I was meant to help. I knew that there were people who needed the support that I was uniquely, uniquely qualified to provide, even if I didn't fully understand what that was at that point in time. And I knew that I was doing them a disservice if I didn't follow my dream. And that's a message I would share with your audience is that if you don't follow your dream, you are doing others a disservice. Totally. Yeah, we're all here for a reason. The, the, the thing that's inside you, the thing that is a pull, the thing that's a calling, your purpose, that's there for a reason. That's in you for a reason. And a lot of people are ignoring it. But part of following that, taking those steps, even though it's scary, even though, like you said, you don't have all of the answers that's the part that leads to the most, not only growth for yourself, but also the most, the highest level of contribution and serving in the way that you're here to meant to serve. Um, that's beautiful. I think, I, I think you also, when you look back, you realize that all of the other spots led you to here. I think that you realize that, like I say, I'm grateful for the struggles that I went through. And people ask me somewhat frequently, Dan, what would you change going back? And I say, as hard and as painful as some of that was, I wouldn't change any of it because if I did, I'd have to say that I'm not meant to serve the people that I'm serving. Yeah. And I can't say that. I'd, I'd, I would go through all of that pain five times if it meant that I could help another few people. Mm. And that, that, uh, that opportunity to impact people's lives, to impact people's future, to help them achieve their dreams means more to me than anything else that, that I could personally have gone through. And our stories make us who we are. They're the one unique thing that we truly have. Now, everyone who's listening, 
is probably thinking, okay, Dan's got it figured out. He's got this, <laughs> he's got this North Star, he's got this, he's got, he's got this place that he's like, he's on a mission, he's on his purpose, he's, he's creating this world, he's, uh, he's giving back, he's, he's, he's got this incredible team. Uh, and, and, uh, and I know that everyone listening is probably relating it to their story as well, but it's cool to hear you explain this and explain where you're at right now and to say, look, I'm doing some things in this journey that I'm still not clear about, but what you have gotten very clear on is your priorities of serving your priorities of the difference you want to make and what the calling for you. So what are some steps or some, what, what are some things to consider for someone listening right now? Who's in that spot where they're like, I know I'm meant for more, but I don't know what that is. Well, first I have to say that anybody who's thinking, anybody who's listening, thinking that I have it all figured out. If you didn't hear my laughter before, I do not. I, yeah. I am, I am at a point in the journey with a long, long way to go. And I learn every single day. It's one of the things I'm overjoyed about, about the many people that are incredible that I'm connected to and my coaches and all of that. I believe, and this is a core belief of mine, that we either get better or worse every day. And if we think we're sitting still, we're getting worse. And one commitment I have made is that I will never have a day again in my life when I go backward. And I, I follow a couple of practices that support that. But it, there are things that I figured out, almost all of them, the hard way. And that is that that's a lesson, right? Is that, is that I've learned them the hard way and hopefully I can help others learn those the easy way. So they learn their own other lessons the hard way. So in thinking about, in thinking about going forward, I think that's probably a really good bridge into our, into talking about the North star is that when, when you're thinking I need to move, I need to do something. One of the things that I find, and, and this is this North Star conversation is generally the first conversation I have with any potential client. It, it just seems to come up that way. I don't even bring it up. It just evolves into that because I'll ask them, well, where are you going? What are you trying to accomplish in the world? And they'll answer. And the answer that they give, and in fact, I, I'm, I'm going to challenge those of you listening to this to even pause for a second and just think, what is my answer to that question? Where are you going? What are you trying to be known for in the world? What is the, what is the most important part of where you're headed? Now that you're back and you've thought about that for a second, I would ask you, is it really vague or really specific? Because 95% of the answers that I get are vague. Think of it like this. There's a, you have like the whole sky, right? You have the whole, you have the whole universe you have a galaxy, you have a constellation, and you have a star. Most people are somewhere between galaxy and constellation when I ask that in terms of vague or wideness, right? Like, I want to do really good things in the world. I really want to serve people. And guys, that's great. Those are incredible, wonderful things, but they're not a star. And I'm going to share with you for a moment, if it's all right, Tyson, like the where where the purpose of the North Star comes from because this is a different way of looking at it than, than most people hit. And once they connect with the inversion that I'll share, their whole life will get significantly easier when they're making decisions. And mine did. So that's, that's really where this came from, right? I figured this out and I said, oh, I probably should show some other people. And now all of my clients have worked through this and a lot of people who are just friends of mine too. It is this, that most of us, when we're trying to figure out what we're going to do, or when or where we're going. We work from what I would call the ground up. We start and we say, well, what do I love doing? What am I passionate about? Those are great questions. Those are important questions. 
But once we do that, if we then say, okay, great, I'm passionate about these three things. And so I need to do stuff that involves that. Now we start making a list of those things. And then we make our best guess as to which of those we should do. We're not really informed. We, we say, well, which one feels right? Which one, do, which one looks right? And sometimes we're right and sometimes we're wrong. And that can be very frustrating. It ends up being a lot more trial and error. This is how 95, 99 maybe percent of the world works. And that's better than, the, than a lot of the people who might not even ask those questions, who just go forward on, on, the, on the track that they're on. I would challenge you that there is a different way to approach this that will help you immensely and make those decisions, not guesswork. And that is to say, where do I really want to go? What do I really want to be known for? What do I really want to accomplish in the world? And the way that you get there is that you answer that question and then you say, why? And then you answer that and you say, why? And you ask why until there is no more why. Now I'm shortening this process a bit, but, but you ask why until there is no more why. And once you've done that, and, it, and let's say, for example, you said, well, I want to have a million dollars. Okay, well, why? Well, so that I can have freedom. Okay, well, well why? What, free, what is that freedom going to allow you to do? Well, I want the freedom to do this. Well, why? Oh, so that I can do this thing. And you just keep asking until you get to the end of that. I tell everybody when I'm going through that, that meeting with them, that first meeting, I say, look, I'm probably going to frustrate you by the end of this call or by the end of this meeting. And that's okay. And then it's probably going to take you another month to process it and get to the spot where you're there. It's not generally going to be a single session answer. We'll get closer. We'll get it down to a couple stars, but we're not going to get to a star today. And it takes a little bit of time. Once you pin down that star, it's like being able to leave from vacation and say, I want to go to Denver, Colorado, or I want to go to Melbourne, Australia. I want to go wherever it is. And now you can look and say, now all you have to do is look and say, well, what's the best route that's there and what do I do on the way? Rather than saying, well, where do I want to go on vacation? I don't know, some beach. And you just start driving and hope you find a beach and hope it's the right one and it feels right. Once you've done that, it unlocks something that's very powerful. It unlocks the, the ability to work backward. And when I work backward, everything that I encounter in the world, I can now ask two questions and I will have the answer. Question number one, these are very simple. Question number one is whatever I encountered, whatever shiny object that I just encountered that I could possibly do, ooh, the squirrel that ran over there, do I want to chase it? I ask, does, it move, does doing this move me closer to my North Star or further away? See, I told you it was simple, right? It's like, that's a pretty easy answer. The hard part of question one is if it moves you further away, it goes away no matter what it is no matter what it is, whether you like it, whether you don't like it, irrelevant if it moves you further away, that means it's taking you away from the thing you said is single most important in your life that you wanna be known for, then it goes away. If it moves you closer, then you go to question two. That's the easy answer, right? Question two is, is there anything else that I could do that moves me further faster or that makes a greater impact toward my North Star? If there is not, then you do this thing. That's the easy answer. If there is, then you do something very important. You take this item and you don't get rid of it, but right now it's bugging you. It's in your head because it's shiny and you just got it. You move it over to your prioritized list. I encourage you to keep a prioritized list of all the things that do move you towards it. And you start at the top and you say, does it move me further faster than this? Does it move me further faster than this? Does it move me further faster than this? And then you put it on the list in its spot. 
when you do, your mind will do something really cool. It will let it go. And you will no longer be fighting shiny object syndrome because it's scheduled. It has a place in your life. And then you spend all of your effort pouring your bucket of water that is your resources on one or two fires so that you put them out instead of putting a little teaspoon on 50 different fires. That's powerful. So to sort of summarize, not only do you understand what it is you're passionate about and everything like that, but to understand your North star consistently ask yourself why until there's no why left. And when you, it seems like, this process takes a lot of patience. Like you said, it can take a month to someone to get that from a few stars to one star. But once you have that one star, you can ask yourself those simple questions. What's taking me, is this thing taking me further away or closer? And then you can start to ask yourself what can help me move further fast. And you can start to delegate in the list. Where does this fit in terms of priority? Where does this fit in terms of, does this help me get further faster? One thing I have in terms of a question is how specific do you go for those questions do you say in terms of just some business strategies and some decisions to do with that or is it what am i eating today am i exercising today who do i hang out with is it how specific do you go with those those simple questions so two principles here that I, that i share one and this i think is the maybe the more important of the two i hear so many people talk about work life and personal life and where does this apply let's be real guys we have one life and so everything that we do is part of one life. People who say, oh, I want to have balance. How about we create the life we want so that we, so we don't have to worry about that? And, and because of that, everything has to fit into our one life. So yes, in, in the, my factor applies to everything in, in terms of categorically. How deep do I get? Do I pause and ask myself that question at a granular level of do I want peas or do I want beans? Not necessarily. Do I ask myself that of, is diet the thing that's going to move me furthest the fastest? Yes. So if diet isn't one of my top three priorities right now, then it's probably not. It's not that I'm going to go be horrible about it or be intentionally worse about it. It's that I'm saying it wasn't bad enough to make one of my top three priorities of getting me to the furthest, the fastest. And so I won't. And when I, when I share this with my clients, I also actually create a ranking system of how you can tell and exactly how you can fill out that prioritized list by evaluating cost versus benefit and assigning rankings to it. So it, it becomes pretty, it becomes pretty easy. It's the amount of cost you spend, whatever resource that is, time, money, et cetera, and the amount of benefit you get for that. And we want to do things that have the best return on investment. And if my diet isn't that, then I'm not going to be asking that about every food that I eat. If my diet was that, then I'm going to be asking it about every food that I I'm really am because I'm going to be saying diet was the strategy I needed. And so I'll have made a, I'll have made a diet plan or, or, or a healthy eating plan that changed that. Mm. And you can even ask the question on the questions. It's like, is it between peas or beans? You know, self, is this question moving me further faster? Is this question moving me closer? <laughs> and then you guys yeah, just, I mean, we're not trying to waste a bunch of time, right? We're just trying to get it to where it makes sense. Yeah, totally. And that it, it needs to make sense. And no doubt I'm, I'm going to do this. So I do this a lot of time. I've got a big book that I do a lot of journaling in. And I do a lot of these sort of exercises and I know you, uh, you, you recommended to, to your clients to, you know, redo some things every quarter in terms of the top, top five people you want to hang out with, for example. I do this at least once a week. I'll write down everything that I love, write down everything I'm passionate about and seeing what festers within me. And I haven't 
done this why in a, in a while. So I'm definitely going to do it after this, after this interview and see what comes up for me. Uh, and because I know the more I start to create these groups, grow the community, engage with different people, my why is sort of getting more and more clear. Um, but yeah, I haven't, I haven't dove in deep on, on, uh, on, on my why in the depth that you're explaining here. Um, so that's really cool. My question would be, how do you know when there is no why left? When you say, when you get down to this why and it's like, oh, there's no one left. How do you know that? Is there anything you can sort of give us some indication? Yeah, there are a couple of things that I look for. One is your resonance really starts, starts being a lot stronger. Like when we say, using my example from earlier, when we say, oh, I want a million dollars, like that sounds exciting, but we don't vibrate for that. Right. Like we don't, we don't go, oh, man, I'm excited about that. We just go, man, that'd be really nice. That's like a fantasy of, of whatever I wanted, but it's not like what moves us. So I think the more, the more that it strikes a chord with you, the more that you're sitting there, your eyes are lit up and it, and it moves you, the closer you are to the purpose of your soul. I think that is a, a big component of it. I think another one is literally just keep asking, like, could it get more specific? Is there something beyond this? And then let it rest for a little bit. Let it marinate in your head, come back and ask. And if you go two or three times where you're asking, then one of two things is true. Either you have a little barrier that you've encountered or you've kind of gotten there. But the, the test is then to look at it and ask yourself, really, is if, and here, here's the test. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm smiling because it's been probably six months since I've shared this test, but I shared it for a couple of years straight and everybody laughs when I share it. Here's how, here's how you can really know. Ask yourself this question. If I knew that I could accomplish my why, but to do so, I would have to go spend the next year and a half chopping rocks in Russia. Would I go do it? Would I move to Russia and literally take a sledgehammer to rocks for the next year and a half if it meant that when I was done, that North Star would be done? If the answer is no, then you haven't quite found it. You may be close, but you aren't quite there because this is something that connects deeply for you. And the point, it guys, isn't that it's chopping rocks in Russia. The point is that it's something that you would hate to do, that you would really not want to do. And when you get to this spot where you say that goal is more important than me doing something that I would hate for 10 hours a day for a year. And once you get that, you'll understand what I'm saying. You'll, it'll, you'll feel that as silly as that example sounds. And it's the best way I've found because it gives person, gives somebody like, nobody wants to go do that, right? There's nobody that's like, I want to just go to Russia and, and slam rocks for a year. Yeah, I think the, the reason why I love that you said that is because you explained it it's more towards your soul. And it sort of seems like when you are crushing rocks for a year and a half in Russia, I don't know why you picked Russia, but I guess we'll, that's another, another question. But the Russian they, prisons, basically, that I, that I hear the stories of. That's all. <laughs> I have a lot of friends who are from Russia that, I, that are really cool. So it's not, it's not that I don't like it there. No, that's cool. So the, the question sort of is, is empowering because you're sort of saying, am I willing to follow this, follow what's aligned with my soul. And to do that, I need to sort of break away what my ego is coming towards because your ego is the one that, you know, might want something superficially, right? Mm -hmm. Might want some more material things, um, right. which is a beautiful thing, right? I say it almost every episode, every part of us is beautiful. There's, there's, there's God in every, every part of us that is just as equal and just as, 
uh, divine and, and beautiful as the rest. But to, to answer the question of would I rather go, would I, would, do, would I smash rocks for a year and a half in Russia to accomplish it? You're sort of saying, am I willing to let go of everything I know? Am I willing to let go of everything that I think I am in order to follow this, this, this calling? And if it isn't, you might be, it might be because you're, you're, you're stuck in these egoic patterns of, of significance or safety or, or what I need to be to be loved. And you need to break away all of that. And if you're willing to break away all of that, all of those stories, all of those identities in, and do what you hate in order to accomplish that, then you know you're on the right track. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think, I think that's pretty dead on. And it's, there's another, another copy or another uh, thought that I'll add in there. And this, people ask me, well, when should I write a book or when should I do this? And I, my answer to it is always the same. When you can't not do it. When you get to the thing that you can't not do, and it's not a strategy, it's not a tactic, it's, it's that goal. When you can't, like, I, guys, I can't not work towards generational change in the world. I literally can't not do it. I, was, I went to get pizza with my son a little bit ago. I ended up talking to the pizza guy about generational change. I ended up talking to him about how his dreams could be real because I can't not do it. And everybody, every single person listening to this has that thing, whether you've uncovered it or not. Once you uncover it, it's like, un, it's just like uncapping and unleashing it. And then it's about whether you're going to let it out or whether it's going to find its way out. But you, you get there and it's just, you figure out who you are. You figure out what you're meant for. And once you know what you're meant for, once you're able to really pin that down, then you know where you're going and you have to find a way to get there. And that's what's, what's really cool about that is you get clear on it when you do this why exercise. Cause a lot of people, so a lot of people, when you say, uh, they can be in the, in the state of, I can't not do it. That do you find that that comes out more and more when they do this why exercise? Cause I know a lot of people who are living a day to day life who are going, into a corporate job that they know isn't in their highest alignment anymore. And they're still living that way, even though they know deep down that it's not their calling, but yet they're still stuck in those thought patterns of I'll do it later or when the time's right and all these different things, they stay in there for safety and they never leave. Would you say that this is doing this why exercise and finding this North star helps them create that energy and that leverage that says, I can't not do this. I think it does. And, and there's a, there's a core principle under there, which is that we do things to avoid pain and, and we make a change when the pain is, when the pain is greater than what we can deal with. The can't not do it is a version of pain. It's, and it's, I think it's more positive pain, but it's like, I, I can't not do it because it literally hurts me to not do it. And once that becomes greater than the pain of sitting still, then you're finally ready to overcome the momentum of zero and make the change that you need to in your life. And once we take one tiny step forward, it's amazing the momentum that is created. Overcome that momentum of zero by picking one thing you can do in the next 24 hours that moves you the tiniest bit toward your goal. And you will suddenly find yourself running because you can't help it 
So it's that discomfort. And I, I use the word pain because I, I think it's a, I think it's a, makes for a good analogy. And we do, we do things to try and avoid pain. Of course, it's amazing how many, how many people, myself included, by the way, for 25 years, stay in a place that's painful, stay in a place that isn't there because it's also, there's some benefit there. There's some security, there's some comfort, there's some, we're doing what other people think that we should do. The number of people who told me I was insane when I gave up what I gave up, which is a job that many people would dream of to go to nothing was crazy. And I I had to reconcile the fact that I was doing what I was meant to do, not what they were meant to do. And that their opinions in that, while I, while I accepted the counsel of those that I trusted that there, that other people's opinions in that were both uninformed and irrelevant. And because of that, I moved forward. And when I moved forward and I recognized that there was a huge pain every day that I sat and didn't do the thing that I was meant to do, I had to do it. And I'll, I'll, I'll raise, uh, one thing for me, and you'll probably resonate with this as well. When I started doing this full time and I quote unquote was going to nothing, it was, I, I felt like it was, it was nothing to the side of me that wanted to be safe. Right. But it, it was everything to the side of me that wanted to follow my soul, wanted to follow my calling. And it might've been the similar with you where a part of you thought you were going to quote unquote nothing but then a side of you, the one that was on your soul's purpose says, no, this is everything. Is that what right. you found? A hundred percent. It was the fulfillment that I was looking for. But for many of us, we believe fulfillment is fantasy. And when we believe that fulfillment is fantasy, it's hard to take that step into the unknown. And thankfully, some of the work I'd done in my own world at getting comfortable living in the gray and making decisions a little bit differently helped. But I got to tell you, man, I stepped off of that and it was scary, but it was also exhilarating. It's a little bit like skydiving, we, which is something I'm hoping to do later this year. We, when you step off that plane, you're terrified to step off it. But the minute you're in the air, you're like, oh my goodness, what have I been missing all my life? I can see the whole world. I can do, I, it, it's life. It's living. It's everything. And that vibrancy is what you feel the second you take the step. The fear is what you live in before you take the step. Mm. And the an interest that's a good analogy because I it really resonated with me when someone told me the scariest part of skydiving is when you're still in the plane but overlooking the edge, right? Mm-hmm. And that makes no sense. How is that the scariest part? It's it, how is that the scariest part? Because you're still safe. You're still in the plane, right? You're still in safety. How is that the scariest part? But what I realized is that the scariest part is the decision to take the leap. The decision is the scary part. It's not what's on the other side. What's on the other side is scary, but it's also liberating. It's also growth. It's also expansive, right? But when you're on the edge, when someone's in a job, when someone's in a pattern, when someone's in a relationship that they know is not in their expansion, it's the decision that's scary. It's not actually what's on the other edge that's scary. And so that's cool when you took the leap you sort of found that you're like, man, this is exciting to build my parachute on the way down, right? It is. And certainly there were challenges, right? I feel, I feel like my, my, uh, my guidelines got all tied up and everything else. I had to figure it out. And yet that was cool because I showed what I could really do when it was time. And there's a lot of good that came from that. I love what you said about decisions and that the decision is the hardest part. One of the phrases I've been saying pretty frequently lately is decisions determine direction. 
And we can either walk back into the plane of our sadness and our despair and our, and our trap feelings, or we can step out into the vibrancy of our life and see the entire world open up before us. What's been some big decisions? I know once you left to, to, to follow your dream, has there been any other big decisions that you've made that have sort of brought up that fear and brought up that, that, that uncertainty again that you had to take the leap in order to do what you're doing now? There are quite a few in my life, I would say maybe 10 or 12. One is one that I've referenced in our conversation here already, the decision to go to Asia. I had a lot of things that we were working on for my company. I'd never been away from my son for 45 days. I had the opportunity to go away for 45 days and there was a huge opportunity cost. I knew that a month and a half of work was not going to happen. I would do my coaching, but a lot of the other development wasn't going to happen in the company. I knew that I had to go travel in six countries that I'd never been to, including Australia. And I was able to look at that and this will connect to what we just talked about and put it through that two question decision filter. And because I have that decision filter, the answer was, no, there's nothing else that'll move me further faster. The decision's a yes. And I made the decision very quickly, even though there was a lot of risk to it. I was spending money I didn't have. I didn't have the 10 grand or 15 grand I was going to spend to go. I didn't have, I, I knew like three people that were going on the trip total. I, we had put together that we put this trip together and spoke in all these countries in three months out of nothing. And I was going literally to the antipode, to the single furthest spot on the planet away from my home. And I was doing it for 45 days away from my family at a pretty critical time. There was a lot of risk, but the decision was clear and easy. That's why I use that example because that is one that I had the decision filter in place and was teaching about the decision filter at that point. And unlike the decision to start my company, to jump out of, jump off of that particular plane, which was in some ways harder because I didn't, I didn't have my decision process quite pinned down that way. This one was easy. Earlier in my life, I made some harder ones and I had to muddle through it because I didn't really have a process, but I've, but I've stepped, but I stepped through them anyway. Mm. What was it about the trip? What was it about that you envisioned about whether it be speaking, whether it be doing something else that you knew was going to get you further faster and you knew was going to get you closer to your North star. There were a few things. The biggest one was people. I knew that I was going to be traveling with a a group of incredible people and the relationships that would come from it would reward themselves throughout my life. Some in some ways monetarily, but not short term like that. I was willing to play. I've been willing to play the long game. And I knew that those relationships would eventually pay off. Otherwise, if I invested in them and served them and supported them, that it would grow into something. I didn't know what, but I knew that it would. And I went knowing that I could form relationships with people that I would otherwise not have the opportunity to connect with. And in fact, as I look, our relationship came as a direct fruit of that trip. The, the string that led me to you came from that trip. And this is three or four levels removed, but is absolutely a part of it. So that was one. Another is I had the opportunity to speak internationally, not just in the US and Canada, which I'd done, but also to speak in countries all over Asia. I had an opportunity. The nice, the fun part was I had an opportunity to go, of course, and do a little bit of touring and traveling. And that was, that was cool. That wasn't part of what made my decision. It was just part of what made it nicer. 
And I had the opportunity to impact people in other part of the world. And if my mission is to make this impact on a worldwide basis, not just locally, between all of those things, that was, a, that was a lot of what I looked at in the first place. There were other things I could have looked at, but those are what I really did. And, and the heart of it all was relationships and people. I believe that people matter most and relationships are everything. And so if I could go form 50 relationships with some of the top speakers in the world and then spend a month and a half with some of the top speakers around and travel with them and learn with them, that was great. For me also, I had spent a lot of my life selling. I'd spent a lot of my life speaking on stage but I'd never done both at the same time. So it let me learn from them. And I'm, my number one gift is synthesis, being able to learn from a lot of people or a lot of situations, grab a piece from each and make something better than any of them. So getting to spend a month in high synthesis was glorious because I knew I could take what would be two or three years of learning and compress it into a month and have that completely change my speaking career literally in 45 days. So those things and more. Mm, yeah. And the reason why I wanted to ask that question is because I want to get into your brain about what areas you're focusing on uh, when you're making these decisions, what, making it, what makes it worth it for you. And that's cool. So it's all about relationships, opportunity, being able to you know, synthesize the, the sort of topics. And you just seem like you're in your element. And so that's a really cool thing. And to, to wrap up here, I'd love to ask, in using these, these criteria and using these uh, the, you know, your North star, the, this filter process of what questions to ask, what decisions are you making now where you're like sort of wanting to move in this next, this next phase and you're sort of deciding, okay, is this going to get me closer? Is this going to help me achieve this North star goal? What is the, what are your decision process now? Is there anything that you're, you're, you're going through that, uh, in this day and age? Yeah. I, a few months ago, we made a decision to move forward with our online learning platform. This was an idea from a couple of years ago when I started asking, thank you, Tim Ferriss, what would it look like if it were easy? I love that question. If you're stuck, you ask yourself, what would you look like if it were easy? And I just walk around muttering that to myself for a couple of days. And I, the, the problem that I was trying to solve was how do I help more people in a scalable way when I have limited hours, limited time? I wanted it to be affordable and accessible and give them the tools and training they needed. And I just kept asking and asking. And it came out that the platform was a real possibility. And we, we call it foundations of success. And we then had to decide, man, do we, do we commit a lot of resources to this? It was, it's not a small endeavor to do what we were trying to do. You can create a platform with a reasonable amount of resources, or you can say, we're going to build something that is going to be the main platform for the next five years. And the second is the option we chose. And I had to walk through that process. We, we had to make those decisions and say, is that what will move us the furthest, the fastest? I did the same thing with the podcast when I, when I came back from Asia. It was a thing I looked at it and said, I can't not do it. We got to that spot with the platform as well. Is, is, so we got to both. It worked through the decision process and I can't not do it hit. Though the convergence of those two said, do these things. And it became very clear. Wow. And that's what, that's what people can, uh, can start to do now is ask themselves so that if they're investing resources you know, what's, is it going to be worth it? And these, these questions can lay that now. And what is it that you feel now that you look and I know the course is launched. What do you, what do you feel about it now that it's, uh, that it's out there and that you've, uh, you're producing it to the world? 
<laughs> that my baby's in the world. Uh, I, <laughs> I am, I'm really ecstatic. Honestly, we, we're, it, it's just launched this week officially and we've, we've got all our special promo out there and everything. And I just, I look at it and I've opened a lot of stores in the past and this is the best analogy that I can really give. I've built, I've helped build stores and, and coordinated the building of the stores from nothing to opening day. And five minutes before you open the doors, the store is a hundred percent done. It's all good. And you're ecstatic for the team that you've had. Just like my team. I'm so blessed. I'm so fortunate. These, my, my team are incredible, wonderful, amazing people. And I'm honored to work with them. And we stood, we stood and we talked about it behind the scenes. The second you go public and say the doors of the store are open, I can't put into words how different it feels. And you look and you say, wait a minute, we manifested this before. It's now real. We can now serve people. We can now give the same training. In our case, we can say we can now give the exact same training that 100% of my one-on-one -on -one clients asked me for and paid thousands of dollars for to people in a super, super affordable way in an ongoing way. And the, the joy that I feel at being able to see and hear and watch people's light bulbs turn on because they can be touched by this training and see the, see the foundations of their own success fulfilled, man, like that, that is exciting to me. And we're certainly, we're continuing to build that. We're moving on to a number of other projects as well. And those are great, but this is one of the things I'm, that I'm most happy to have done ever because of how much I know it can serve. Wow. And tell us a bit about it. Tell us a bit, a bit about what's in the course. What is, what is foundations of success and uh, what are the, what are the outcomes that people are going to be reached through going that on that platform? Sure. The, the foundations of success is an online learning platform based on Thinkific. We, as I mentioned, it started because I looked at all the trainings that my one-on-one -on -one clients were asking for my individual clients and I looked at them and I said, well, well, wait a minute. They're the same that I would, they would go off after a certain basis of classes. We would go off or basis of topics. We would go off and, and coach on a lot of different areas, but all of them needed a certain set of stuff. And what I found is they were the things that nobody was teaching. They were, they were the things that they just aren't as sexy to teach because they aren't immediately like four weeks to $400,000. They're more like, here's the baseline. Here's the foundation beneath that. And we look at an old statement by Archaeolocus and re recently restated by Jocko Willing that says we don't rise to the level of our hopes, we fall to the level of our training. You look in the recent COVID times and you find that there are a lot of people who, when that pressure was applied, when that stress situation was applied, their behaviors regressed. And not because they're a bad person, they're, they're incredible people, but because under stress, they didn't have the, the strength of some understandings of maybe it's leadership or communication or time effectiveness or, or sales or whatever it might be to withstand to that. And it's, it, was like, it was like pressure was just put on walls that were made of paper. And that is what we need to strengthen up. We need to turn those into true cinder blocks of strength so that whenever any pressure is there, they fall to the level of their highest secured training. That's my adaptation of the quote. And when they do, now that there's no, there's no give, it's there, it's solid, it's built. And so we take these trainings that are, as I mentioned, we take cornerstones, sales, leaderships, time effectiveness, and communication, and then building blocks, which include things like how to make effective decisions, how to evaluate risk, how to avoid overwhelm, how to leverage the power of small numbers, even how to hire, things like that are all there as building blocks. 
those trainings are included with slides, videos, short segments, and I'm, I'm training them all. They're all tested because they're all ones that I've done for over a thousand people and that have had tremendous impact. So the content is really solid. Then we add in the mastermind for the last two years that I've done with group training that have 50 plus hours of training. We are porting all those videos in. We're including a Facebook group where people can talk and network with people around the world to strengthen those. And that really is our platform that we're offering to say for the things that you need to create the life that you want, this is where you start. And it's not a, it's not a short, it's not a five minute class. I mean, the leadership, the, the foundations of leadership training alone is six hours and it'll probably take you six to eight weeks to implement, but they're all there and they're all available. And we do it monthly, annually, even a lifetime offer to, to customize to whatever's right for people. But our goal is as it is with everything else I do to truly serve and to give people what they need, not just what's shiny in the world. Yeah. I can imagine what was going through your head when you started realizing the patterns of your current clients and then realizing that's what no one else is teaching. Cause it's not sexy. Cause it's not out there making you huge amounts of money in two days. And it's actually what's going to provide the foundation that provides the success for anything that you're looking to implement. I can imagine what was going through your head. Could you give us oh, some it was, insight? It was insane. When it, when it finally hit me and I'd been told for years, Oh, Dan, you have to teach one thing. You can't, you can't, because they either asked me, well, Dan, what do you teach? And I said, well, I teach this and this and this. They said, you can't do that. And I, I puzzled. I was like, well, what do you mean? And they said, they said, well, that's not sexy. You, you know, you have to sell something that, that's shiny that everybody wants. And it didn't make sense to me. So I had to figure out like, well, how do I do that? And plus, why is it true? And now that we have, the cool part is some of those other programs, I, I have a lot of friends who run some of those other programs, those bolt on top of this. Because now you can put the roof right on top of the walls. And so it's, it's great to prepare you to do the other thing. Also, what we do, you asked about outcomes, it will change everything in your life, not just your business life, not just, not just a piece here or there, but it gives you the foundations you need to deal all over the place and to be able to add anything to it you like. And generally we see, I'm careful about promises, but generally we see that over time, people doing these significantly escalate their earning potential. But more importantly, they do this and it gives them the tools that they need to achieve their dreams. And that is the outcome that I'm really looking for is to provide you the tools you need to achieve you to achieve your dreams, not my dreams, not my goals, not my North star, your North star. Oh, that's beautiful. So where can people go to find out not only about your, your programs and your, your podcast, but, but more about you as well. The can find us at leadersmustlead.com. I'm on Leaders Must Lead on pretty much all social media or under my name, Dan McPherson. Feel free to connect. I, I love to connect all over the place. You can certainly check out the Dreams Are Real podcast, as we already called out. And that platform is at foundationsofsuccess.leadersmustlead.com. Awesome. Beautiful. Is there anything else that you want to add in here that would, uh, that would allow this, this episode to feel complete and, and give, the, give the audience what they need? There is. And before I say that, I will just say thank you. I really appreciate the chance to be here and to share and to connect. I appreciate the work that you're doing in the world and the heart that you're bringing to the world and that your audience 
by extension is sharing. And I, I appreciate each one of you, but the, the message that I, that I would feel remiss if I left and didn't share is this you, each of you listening, you matter, your dreams matter where you are going matters. Whatever you've dealt with in your past, wherever you live, wherever you are, however old or young you may be, whatever gender you may be, whatever orientation you may be, whoever you are, you matter. You are incredible. Your light is needed in the world. And whatever you're going through, whatever you've gone through, there truly is light through the darkness. Take the opportunity to step forward overcome the momentum of zero and reach for your dreams because dreams truly are real. Awesome. I don't know how I can sum up that in any better way. Uh, that's a, such a, such a clear, uh, clear cut for the episode that people can take away is to recognize that is their, that is their purpose. They can take one step forward. They can move off zero and they matter. You matter. Every single thing that's within you that you feel you can contribute matters. Every, every story, every, uh, everything that you're going through that's hard is teaching you the lessons. And then I want to just thank you for not only following your heart and, and taking those leaps and building those parachutes on the way down, but doing it in a, in a way that, uh, that is to create the impact in the world at the level that you know you can and at the level that you know is your, your purpose and your North Star. So thank you. It's incredible you're here. This conversation is going to be immensely beneficial for so, so, so many people. And uh, I just want to appreciate your expertise and just sharing so freely. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate every ounce of the opportunity and of our relationship. Awesome. Take care, my friend. Thanks for listening to the Awaken Your Business podcast. If you're like me and you have a heart that wants to contribute, you might want to come join us over on the online Facebook community called Connect, Contribute, Collaborate. This is the community of heart-centered business owners who are all doing this internal work. We mastermind around the latest business topics. We collaborate with each other to grow as one. And we do what we can to assist some charities and worthy causes around the world. So head over to TysonCoaching.com where you can find the link to join. And if you know you want to dive in deep into this work yourself, sign up for the free transformational group coaching calls. Whether you want to uncover some unconscious patterns or shift those you're already aware of, or maybe even just benefiting from the live coaching of other members, there's always takeaways that lead to more peace and clearly more business success on the other end. Because I believe it's not what you learn here that's going to help you with your awakening, it's what you actually do with it. So if it feels like your expansion, jump over to TysonCoaching.com and I'll see you in the community. Take care now.